Welcome to the Rise Up Kings podcast, where you'll hear from the pros who've built business empires without sacrificing their faith, family, or fitness. The host, Skylar Lewis, has built multiple multi-million dollar companies, is an author, speaker, and founder of the three-day Rise Up Kings experience. It's time to rise up to your God-given potential and create a life of liberty, abundance, and impact. To learn more about Rise Up Kings, go to riseupkings.com. Don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to the Rise Up Kings podcast. I'm super excited. We have a very special guest. Her name is Jessica Lewis. She happens to be my incredible lover, wife, just everything, mama. She's also a speaker. She's an author. Uh, She has her own YouTube show and her own series, and she's just doing some incredible things. And today, we're going to talk about some hot topics and get vulnerable like we never have before. We're going to talk about the five killer mistakes that couples and marriages make, right? We're going to have the conversation around sex and intimacy. around raising kids, about role confusion. What does it mean to be a husband? What does it mean to be the wife in the relationship? And then who's in control, right? Who's leading? So very excited about this conversation. And I'm, I've been waiting to get you on the show for a very long time, babe. I'm excited that you're here. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I didn't used to like having hard conversations like this, but now I'm learning to love them. So I'm super excited to be here with you guys and make sure you watch all the way through because there's going to be nuggets that are just going to continue to drop throughout the whole entire thing. And if you're not following the Rise Up Kings podcast, make sure you follow or you hit subscribe on YouTube because we want to have more of you. Wow. Way to promote the podcast. (laughs) Thanks, babe. Uh, Well, let's dive into a a topic that's kind of light. Let's talk about sex. Okay. Sex and intimacy in the marriage, right? What is that? Um, why, why is that? Why is that an important conversation that couples should be having? I think it's an important conversation for couples to be talking about sex because so often they don't. It's funny as I was thinking about the podcast um, in a relationship prior to this, I was going through a divorce and I happened to find um, a porn magazine in the trash of my ex-husband, and I was like, "What the heck?" Like. <laughs> Yeah, we went there. We went there like in the first five minutes. <laughs> yes, we did. And um, I, we were already, we were splitting. We were going to be split up. But I was like, what the heck? Like, I laid next to you for years and you never had sex with me, but you have pornos in your trash. Like, what the heck? He's like, what? Well, I bought you um, workout clothes. Like, I thought you knew. Like, he never said anything out loud, but he thought I knew what he wanted, even though he never explicitly said it. And I think that happens so much, especially when it comes to intimacy, right? I didn't grow up in a place or didn't have parents that talked about that. That was a very shameful subject. Like I I had a lot of shame around sex. and so it wasn't a normal thing that that was something that got talked about. So I brought that into our marriage. Mm-hmm. What, uh, and you work with a, a decent amount of women right now. And so you're able to hear some of these conversations yeah. and see, right, wh- what's affecting, you know, intimacy. And, and I think this conversation is so important. And right, so one of the, that, that, that mistake, right, number one, mm-hmm. not talking about sex, not having the conversations, not bringing up. Mm-hmm. The topic of intimacy, right? What do you want out of your intimacy? What do you want out of 
like what are your pleasures? What are your what are you excited about? What are your fantasies? What's not working? What is working in the bed? Right. And actually having these open conversations, I feel like so many couples are just kind of closed off Mm -hmm. about this topic and they're not willing to go there Mm -hmm. because it is it's edgy. It's scary. It's a it's a very uncomfortable topic. But I think for us, when we started to go there, it really it completely transformed our sex life, Mm -hmm. our intimacy, our depth of connection with each other. Right. Sex wasn't just going through the motions. It was it became more more profound, more powerful. And so I want to do a. Right. What, what was it? When do you think it shifted for us? Um, well, you brought up a really hard conversation. Skylar had gotten back from a personal development event and he's like all excited and he's like, OK, babe, um, what would it take to get our sex life to a level 10? Or first, he said, actually, where do you think our sex life is at? And we both secretly rated where we thought we were at. And so we said an eight, right? Both of us collectively said an eight. But an eight at that time was like, okay, we're having sex regularly. We're connecting. We're going through the motions. And so as we dove into like, what would it take to get it to a level 10? We realized how we probably weren't (laughs) an eight. We were an eight in consistency, but we were probably like, a three or a four when it came to connection and depth because we had no clue what each other wanted. I didn't even know what I wanted because underneath me trying to figure out what I wanted were so many levels of like shame and insecurity. So it was a really hard conversation. Uh, I remember Skylar coming in and I think you asked like, do you want to talk about this? And I was like, no. I think you did. I think you did <laughs> I say don't, no. I remember I, we were sitting in the office, right? I brought you in the, into my home office. And, into the office. He's in power <laughs> yeah, position exactly. in his big buff chair. Okay. Yeah, I brought you in the office where I just wanted to have the conversation and open it up. And right, you ended up, you know, uh, what I expect, you know, you did what I expected. You kind of freaked out. You put up some walls. And you ended up breaking down, and and it it was it was created some some conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Having this conversation, and it took you about two days mm-hmm. to where you finally started to, to be able to process through like what what it was about, right? Because for me, it wasn't I'm not satisfied, I'm not happy, mm-hmm. right? It was how do we get this to the next level, mm-hmm. like of of depth, right? Of of intimate connection, mm-hmm. right? Of looking at each other in the in the eyes while we're having sex, of really just going there. Yeah. And I wanted us to see what a level 10 would be because we push for level 10s right in our business, physically, spiritually, we're always pushing, but yeah. what about in our in our sex life? Why not have a level 10 relationship? And so a couple of days after that you finally realized, "Hey, you know what? No, I do. I do want to be uh, I want to have the best sex life that we possibly can." Mm-hmm. Right? I don't want to mm-hmm. cap it where we're at. Now I continuously want to improve. But it brought up a lot of shame, right? Or for me, it brought up a lot of insecurities um, for the longest time. In every, not just when it came to sex, but in other things. If Skylar brought up, oh, like I wish it were different here. What I heard him say was, "You're not good enough. You're not. You're not where I want you to be." And it was like as if he just like shot me in the heart and pointed out all the flaws in me, and it just like opened me completely up. And so I know there's a lot of women that feel like that, whether it's stuff from their past that they've done. Like I had sex before I was married, and there was a lot of shame that I brought into our marriage by having sex with people before I was married. There was a lot of things that I wish I wouldn't have done, and things that I didn't clear out. There's been women that have had abuse like there's a lot of things that we bring into their marriage bed and if they don't ever get cleared out it's hindering us like deeply connecting because once I was able to almost learn how to trust and open up and surrender to you 
you were able to see this whole side of me. I was able to show you this whole other side of me that um, I didn't even know existed, that we would have never, if you not having that conversation with me, it never happened. We would have never experienced the connection that we do now. Like, I didn't know what we were missing out on. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. Like, mm-hmm. we did not know what we didn't know. And our connection and our love is so much deeper now. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, and right, it's that fear of conflict, right? Bringing up these type of yeah. conversations and just the fear of, right, exposing ourselves. And so, right, we talk about it. Our, I think our experience has been with you lear- learning to open up a little bit more, right? For a lot of people, it's it's men that have gone through a certain situations. They're closed off. They're not vulnerable sexually, yes. right? They're not vulnerable sexually. They're not willing to really connect with their heart, right, in the bed. And when they when they get intimate, so they're all just there to, you know, to basically get off, right? So great. So this is a really hot topic right now with my ladies that I'm working with because um, one of the things, one of the things we were talking about what hinders intimacy and one of the ladies says like, uh, like when a guy comes in or my husband comes in, he just wants to have sex with me, but he won't connect with me emotionally first. Mm -hmm. That's the last thing that I want to do. Like you guys, I feel like you can connect physically and then feel emotionally connected. Yep. So you can connect physically first and then you feel emotionally, but women are the exact opposite. We need to connect emotionally first and then we want to be physically connected. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's this disconnect. We both want connection, but how we go about it is different. And if we don't have those conversations out loud, if you're not having those conversations out loud, then there's going to be disconnects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's happening right now, right? With divorces continuing to still right? Increase, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's many people that are unsatisfied in their marriage. They're stuck. They're struggling. They're not uh, physically attracted, right? To their spouse anymore. And there's a lack of deep kind of core intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so people go looking for it outside, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to go looking and searching for that intimacy in another relationship, right? Uh, With somebody else or with something else. Mm -hmm. And it causes... And that's why I believe, right, having great intimacy and that sexual connection is so critical because we want we want couples to stay married and happy and having fun and having just such a, a strong passion, right, in their sex life. That, bring that, right, improving. Because what happens, right, in our space, right, in the Christian space, there are a lot of Christians that have average sex lives, right, and that are not trying to improve them and actually don't even know how to get it to the next level, yeah. their sex life. And so, therefore, they remain good friends, right, in their marriage, but there's not this whole extra level of fun and passion and eroticness and just just pleasure that they're able to tap into, which bonds them even more, right? That has bonded us tr- uh, much more than, than we ever thought it, it could possibly, right? Mm-hmm. Having that deep connection um, through our intimacy. So I think it's such a, yeah. But I've like, I've found that that came through conversation after conversation after conversation. Yeah. It wasn't just a one-time conversation and, oh, it's fixed and it's magical and all these things are happening and ah, like, ah, right? Like yep. that wasn't... Um, <laughs> What was that? Okay. You know, um, we forgot to address a very important part. What is this thing doing right here? I look over, we come to sit, we come to sit over here right in our chairs that Jessica has. She got this for my birthday last week and I was cracking up. I didn't know this would be in the middle of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> King Skyler. I, I'm in the is, King's uh, Court, right? It's Rise Up King's podcast. Yeah, I'm sitting in the yeah. King's Court. That's hilarious. We're going to flip this around what? like no. that. 
Um, that is probably one of the funniest pictures I've ever seen. So, so yes, what were so you saying? It's a commitment, yeah. right? Yeah, it is, it is. It's, it's a full on commitment that we're going to make this better. And it's not just going to be like, okay, it's not great to it's explosive. Amazing. Like there's a progression, like any change in yeah. life. And so where are you at in that progression? Are you not having those conversations because they're difficult because they bring up emotions because they bring up vulnerability mm -hmm. or are you wanting to create that space where you're able to talk about it together and then grow closer? together because I feel like we gained momentum right yeah. like as we started to what well, started with that conversation yes. right so there's a lot of people that are watching this listening to this that uh, are not willing to go there but hopefully through this conversation you are willing to at least step into bringing up like bringing up that conversation having that initial conversation can be the catalyst to much deeper intimacy in your marriage. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about number two, which is role confusion, right? Role confusion in the marriage. So what is the role that a man is supposed to play, or or is is was created to play? And what do you feel the role is for the woman? And what's happening right now in society? And this is a very very hot topic, right? Mm -hmm. uh, are men supposed to be the leaders in the relationship? Are women? Does that mean a, a man is better than a woman if he's leading in the relationship? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> um, well, I can share from personal experience. Um, I was raised that I was never supposed to rely on a man, right? My mom is very strong and I didn't see her model trusting my dad. I didn't see her model trusting anyone really, trusting a man. So I grew up kind of the same way. I was very strong. I could get it done myself. And so before meeting Skylar, I was married and I built a business with someone, but I was the leader and I was in charge and I called the shots and I drove our life and our business forward and it created mass stress. I mean, the thing that I wanted most, like people would ask me, Oh, are you going to have kids? Um, we were only married for a year, a short time, but, um, I would say no. I was like, no, there's no way. How could I ever have kids doing what I'm doing? How could I ever have kids running a business, running our life, doing all this stuff? Like I didn't think it was possible. Um, and so I believe there's this big disconnect right now in society where with masculine, society's telling women to, that you can do it all, that you can work a full-time job, that you can be a supportive spouse and you can raise children and all of it can be functioning properly. And I believe that that's a lie. Like that's just not, it's not physically possible. We have more stressed out women, more women that aren't connecting, that aren't open, that aren't vulnerable, that don't have deep connection with our spouses. And it creates this unpolarity, right? So Tony Robbins talks about polarity in marriage and that's what draws two people together. When a negative force and a positive force come together, their, their intimacy, it's not possible for them not to be joined together. Mm -hmm. So in my prior relationship and how I met you was a little off, right? I lived in my masculine energy. I was always achieving, always doing things. So if you take a masculine woman and a masculine man and you put them together, that's not going to create dynamic, intimate intimacy. Like it's just not going to happen. So mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want it to be that way, but I didn't know how to get out of it. Like, cause that's all that I knew. Right? Yeah. A big part of that has to do with the man. Right? Yes. A big part of it has to do with men. I believe that the reason women have really stepped into that role, right, taken more control is because men many times have dropped the ball, mm. right? Men have dropped the ball. Men haven't showed up. They've yeah. been irresponsible with the way they, uh, like for me, right, initially in our relationship, right, I made a major mistake. I ended up cheating 
uh, had issues with porn. So I was very irresponsible with the way that I was handling uh, the relationship. And you could have said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take full control. I'm the leader now. Forget you, you're obviously not there. But instead, you took a different, a different, uh, you had a different take on it, right? You allowed me to step into my greatness and to continue to evolve. And so I think for men, right, when we step up, and that's why I love Rise Up Kings and why it's so critical, yeah. when we step up as men, we get rid of our insecurities, we start to be more responsible, we start to really show up as the man that God's called us to be. When we step up, it allows our women, our wives, it allows our spouses to step into their role. But as long as we're kind of insecure or not fully into our, right, not fully owning 100%. our leadership, then when women, right, when our wives try to step up and, and rise, we will do little things to push them down, right? Mm -hmm. I remember certain times, right, I would, I would do little things to kind of push you down or I would just get insecure and it would, it would cause me to not want you to, to, to rise to what you were capable of due to my own insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so when men step up, when they start to, let, to really own themselves, then they give space for women to be the incredible, amazing leaders, right, that they were built to be. Wives, even business people, like whatever that looks like, we need to give women space. And so what happens is, right, as men rise, my belief is women also rise. So they're equal, right? Mm -hmm. I consider us equals. Yeah. Even though I'm leading the relationship, right, I'm leading in many areas of our life, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I'm better than you because I'm leading, True. right? And you've gone to this, I think we, I feel like we have the most incredible, I'm so blessed and so grateful for you, uh, right? Continuously showing support, right? You're like, hey, Skylar, I want you to lead, right? I want to be submissive to you. I want you to lead and I want to continue to support you in your growth. And by doing that, it's this, it's this awesome synergy where I'm continuously pulling you up and supporting you and, and wanting you to be as good as you possibly can. So I feel like the dynamic in the relationship that we have is so powerful. Um, and I just see so many other relationships where the, the man is trying to lead, the woman is trying to lead, oh, yeah. they're butting heads and they're struggling, mm -hmm. right? Nobody wants to give. Mm -hmm. The man feels like he should be leading. The woman has seen areas where the man has messed up potentially or just she has a lack of trust mm -hmm. and she wants to lead so she doesn't ever get you know taken advantage of or left high and dry. So now there's this constant battle. And right now society is taking a different stance than a lot of the biblical uh, right, what the Bible says. And we, we believe in the traditional, a little bit more traditional, uh, which is very edgy, right, in today's time, the traditional way that a family should be built. Yeah, you, you hit it on the head, really, when you're talking about trust, because I tried to lead so that I could be in control, because when I'm in control, you can't hurt me, mm -hmm. right? And so as you did step into who God designed you to be, it allowed me over the course of a couple years to begin to soften and begin to let go. And like the final string was me coming out of our business. So I exited our um, restoration company that we had three or four years ago, but it was like a midlife crisis for me. It should have been something so easy. I weaned myself off and then all of a sudden, all I had was a financial meeting, but me letting go of that financial meeting was like, World War Three, like it was, I mean, I started to resent you. I was pissed at you, even though I chose to let this go. Like I knew it was in my best interest and the company's best interest. Um, but as I did that and I saw you become this way, like this leader, like who you really were, because I wasn't in the way meddling with stuff, trying to, you know, get everything to do, to do it my way. Um, I was able to let go and soften. And if you would have asked me 
10 years ago, would you ever want to be a stay-at-home mom? I would have said, no way. There's like, no way. I would never, ever want to do that because in my masculine mode, in my achievement mode, like that, that just didn't compute. But now like, I, I don't want to give it up. Right. I want to go put on an event for ladies called Rise Up Queens. Like I want to go do all this stuff. But at the same time, I want to be here with my kids. I want to have the mental space and the freedom to go with the flow and not stress out and just have fun and support you and come alongside you in ways that if I were trying to lead at the exact same time, like it just wouldn't work. But a lot of that even was stemmed from us comparing each other. We used to compete with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have different strengths, right? Before we go into the next one, we'll talk about that for a second, right? Different strengths. And so, right, my strength happens to not be the micro details, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a big picture thinker. I'm a visionary. I'm great at putting pieces and resources and people and money and really building out things, right? And so your strength is the opposite. It's diving into the details, making sure everything is on point, everything is accounted for, and so what's happened uh, and what was happening what was I'm trying to put these big pieces together. You're saying, hey, Skylar, you're missing the details. I'm getting pissed because I'm like, I, I need to, I can't be focused on all of these tiny little details. Like that, like there are some details that really matter 100%, right? And I've gotten tremendously better at details. And I even teach that now. But there's some details that can be overlooked when you're thinking big picture. And that's where a good team comes into place. But yeah, we were comparing each other, right? I'm like, hey, you don't see the vision. You don't know where we're going. And then you're looking at me saying, Scott, you're missing the details. Like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you catch this stuff? Even though I'm building this successful company, I'm still missing some details, but it's thriving. And so I think learning to play with each other's strengths was one of the best things that we ever did. You, you, you sat down and you realized one day, you were like, you know what? That's actually a strength. Skylar, one of your strengths of not paying attention to every single tiny little detail is that you don't get as stressed out as I do, mm-hmm. right? So it's a natural part of your personality, which is amazing. You watch every little thing which causes more stress, which causes you not to sometimes not think as big mm-hmm. because you know the consequences of all the details that are going to go into that and go, go that are going to play into that. So I think we've learned to really play off of each other's strengths and so i love that you're that you pay attention to details and now you accept me and know that hey that's not my number one strength mm-hmm. is details and so you appreciate that about me as opposed to pushing back and for people watching this you have spouses right your spouse is different than you yep. they don't have to be the same as you right for husbands that are trying to get their wives to be a certain way i would have you consider that right for every strength is also a great weakness right it's a double-edged sword so if you're very detail oriented, there's a there's an exact opposite to that, right? Mm-hmm. So learn to love what your spouse does differently, right? Learn to love that. Even emotionally, I don't mm-hmm. know. Because for the longest time we struggled with me being up, being down, being in the middle, going through all like my, I struggled with it, right? Yeah. Because like me wanting to like control everything, I just had the hardest time when it's PMSing or having hormones or just being crazy and going through these cycles. And for the longest time we both tried to just like control it and put it in this like, okay, this shouldn't be like this. Mm-hmm. We need to fix it this way. And until you were able to like let go and be like, okay, she's a woman and she has emotions and she's going to go like this and she's going to be crying, laughing, crying. And then we've known I've gone through the full cycle. 
And me being able to accept that in myself, like for the longest, what you were, I mean, what I heard you saying that was that we tried to make each other do things like the other would, yep. but we're yep. different. We're we built just differently. are. And that came from, right, point number three is not working on yourself, a lack of personal growth. Yes. The realizations about this stuff came when we decided to go work on ourselves yeah. and study, right? How, how important do you think personal growth is in a marriage? Oh and, why, and why do you think it's important? Um, it changed the game for us. I mean, when I think about me emotionally, so many times I would have things going on where I'm frustrated about something and I would lash out at Skylar, right? But actually, I wasn't upset. I still have those lashings, actually. <laughs> I thought you You thought they went away? They're scars. <laughs> scars on my back, my uh, arms. <laughs> um, but um, I didn't understand myself enough to know that I actually wasn't mad at him. It had nothing to do with him, but I had something unresolved in me. It's funny. Yesterday we were in the car. So this is kind of embarrassing. Um, but yesterday we were in the car and I was telling the kids, I'm like, look, when we're done with soccer, we're not going to play on the playground. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Blah, blah, blah. I was just like laying it all out there. And Brendan's like, mom, are you tired? <laughs> I was like, actually I am tired, dude. And so even now our children have been able to recognize like what's going on underneath the communication. And before I, I like, I didn't ever know what was actually going on inside me. I would just be reactive to everything that was happening. Like mm -hmm. I would be like, Oh, boom, explode here. Oh, boom, explode here. Not knowing that, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling like this. So now I've learned to actually articulate, this is what I'm feeling. And this is what's going on inside of me. And this is what triggered me. And is that right? Is this not right? Like I've been able to question and slow myself down and become aware of what's actually going on. And it's improved our communication because when I can say, babe, I have a headache. I'm off today. Can you just give me a little more grace? I just saved like 500 arguments. It took us about eight years to get to that point. <laughs> a solid eight years, <laughs> which I love. We, I mean, that's been incredible for us, right? That growth. Um, and it's a journey of awareness, right? Sometimes yeah. I think for you, and even for me, right? I don't want to admit when I'm off. Oh, Skylar used to be like, babe, are you not feeling good today? Or are you in a bad mood? I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> don't, what do you, why are you asking me that? I'm not in a bad mood. Why would you ever ask me that? Like, it's just like freaking <laughs> yeah. nuts, right? So no, I do not like to admit still. <laughs> no, you don't. No, but I have gotten better at it. You've gotten tremendously better. And it allows me to give you grace, right? When I can, when you can say, hey, Skylar, uh, I'm off today. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, I'll give you more space. I'll be more patient. But when you just come in hot, right? And there's, it, and I and I know you're off, but still, just the way we can act, it, it doesn't allow me to to. I can work with you so much better when you actually just let me know. But it's not right to that. For me, that was vulnerable. No, for women, for all women, right? To fully understand it, they, there's so many books on this. For women to fully understand what's going on with them and to be able to explain it clearly to a man, so a man can understand her. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. So <laughs> that, but that was to no. me, that was admitting defeat, right? Because my standard in life was perfection for the longest time, like it had to be perfect. And if it wasn't perfect, then it wasn't right. And it meant I wasn't good enough. So me even saying I'm off was so hard for me to say. That sounds like, it sounds so funny to say, but it was so hard because it was like, I literally felt like I was in a war and I was admitting defeat. <laughs>
<laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> it did. It did. And it took a lot of humbling just to know, like, so yeah. my new motto is progress, not perfection. Like, I am a work in progress. And it's so easy to see things like business as progress and perfection or other things outside of me mm-hmm. as progress. Like, you, like, you just take things like... I don't need perfection. I'm, I'm good with progress. I've yeah. always been good with yeah. progress. Yeah. So, like, even that caused, like, yeah. a big yeah. shift. But I had to recognize that, right? Because you, we would get in a fight and... Because you, I didn't finish something right, or I didn't take it all the way, or go 100%. Or whatever we got yeah, in a fight for, yeah. but you'd be, just be like, okay, and I wouldn't get over it. And then you'd be like, wait, why aren't you getting over it? You know, what the heck? But we just, we, we went through things differently. Women so personal development yeah, yeah. helps both of us. You learned how to deal with me, Yep. and I learned how to deal with me. No, you learned how to deal with me also. Uh, so what are some good ways that people, so for people that are watching this, right, couples that are watching this, what are some great resources? Where do you, th- where, where should they start on the path of personal development and personal growth in their marriage and their relationships? Um, so many, many years. I, do you want a specific book or just? Do you have a good book or two you recommend? Yeah. 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 Um, so right now I'm rereading Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by John Gray. And then I'm also um, reading Love and Respect by Dr. Egeritz or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, The Ultimate Secrets to Total Self-Confidence by Dr. Robert Anthony was one of my very first like books that I love that began to build my emotional awareness of myself. But I set a goal like to read regularly. I mean, many years I've listened to 30, 40, 50 books. Like I expect- That's a lot of books. Yeah. I want to be a different person. I want to walk into each new year different. Like I want you to be married to someone different. Like and and you are I'm good with e- that. Yep. Each year, like yep. as I grow and as I develop, like so that's super important to fresh. me. Me, like I used to take things personal all the time. Like everything was about me. <laughs> and I hate. I I wanted to be able to stop those patterns. I I didn't want to live in suffering. It was like Tony Robbins says, suffering is optional, and I believe suffering is optional, but only when you're aware of it. When you are unaware of why you're suffering in your mind, then you have no power you're to trapped. change it. I didn't know what to pray for. Right? I was just like, God, help me not be angry. But if I didn't understand what was triggering my anger, how can I even begin to change the action that I responded? Mm-hmm. No, it's powerful for sure. Yeah, I think personal development and that growth that you've gone through, I've gone through, we've spent the last 10 years, right? Not only reading, going to seminars, hiring some coaches, like really just trying to develop not only our our personal lives when it comes to a relationship, right? But individually and our businesses, spiritually, like we've done a lot of work. And um, I I don't think everybody needs to do that much work. They can do as much work as they want. But that journey of personal development in, in a marriage is really critical, right? Going to some marriage, counseling or going to, to some marriage uh, uh, classes or some relationship classes, reading relationship books. There's some powerful seminars that, that allow you to actually go very deep emotionally to break through some of those walls, some of those, right? Because throughout life, right, we're just going to be going, we get hurt and, uh, and sometimes we get wounded very badly and so we throw up walls. And so we have, we have these series of walls. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one event we went to it was a seven-day event, and uh, and it was very deep and very raw. And by the by the time we left that event, we actually took the bus ride back. Uh, we were, we sat for almost two hours and just stared in, into each other's eyes, like deeply stared and emotionally connected, like we never have, because all of our walls were were down and were completely they were gone. 
from that period, like we had done so much work on them that we could just be, we could just be each other. Mm -hmm. No insecurities, no other things going on, just be present. And so it's powerful. And so we almost made love on that bus. <clears throat> we did. We did. If there was, if we would have a little more space, we would have been good. <laughs> we did make love on the airplane. Oh, well, no. yeah. Okay, no, <laughs> go somewhere else. That was a half joke. Okay. Point number four. Uh, number four is, uh, <laughs> Making date nights a priority, right? And so, as you can tell, we like to have fun and mess around and get a little freaky sometimes. Uh, so, not making dates nights a priority. Why? Why is that important? I mean, are date nights really important? Like we hear people talk about those. I mean, can't you just get away with not doing date nights? I mean, date nights really underneath the date nights is like time to connect. Once you have kids, once you have businesses going, once you have things happening, it's so easy just to become a partner next to someone, not like a lover next to someone. Like it's easy just to become a roommate is what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. um, and so I remember it's, it's interesting when we first had Brendan, um, everyone says, oh, this, uh, this will get to the point of date nights. <laughs> when we first had Brendan, um, everyone's like, you're just going to love this baby. You're going to fall like right when you see this baby, you are just going to love it so much. You're going to have this deep connection. And I had Brendan and that was like 100% not the case. I mean, he had like reddish color hair. Neither one of us have red hair. Um, we weren't sleeping. He was crying. Like I, I was a new mom. I'd never been around a baby before. Like I did not feel connected to this child. And it took me a while, actually. I think it took me like nine months to feel this deep connection with him. But once it hit me, it hit me so strong that my love for Brendan was so big. Like it was humongous. And my love for Skylar was so small. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is why people get divorced and why they fall apart when they have children. Because the love for Brendan at that point was so big, I had to actually consciously choose to love Skylar. And in that moment, I could have made my life all about my son and all about my kids eventually as I continue to have them. Like, it, it could have been all about them. And I had to choose you, right? I had to cho mm -hmm. regularly choose you. So that time and making date nights, like we've always made we date nights a priority from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. and. I hear so many people say like, oh, I don't have family around or we don't have babysitters or like who would watch them. We didn't have family around either. Like we had to build up a roster of babysitters. We had to get referrals, but it was important to us because I want to be madly in love with you when my children are gone, mm -hmm. right? And I know people have heard that, like you wanna be in love when the children leave the house, but then they don't do the actions that are necessary in order to get to that point. Which is time together. Yes. Which is right, that intimacy, that connection. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, we've been doing date nights almost every week for, mm -hmm. I would say, the last 11 years, mm -hmm. right? We've made it a top priority. Like, hey, it's a, I mean, and again, it's sometimes it's having the kids watch a movie, putting on some candles, right? And just like hanging out for an hour and a half or two hours, like, yeah. a, like getting away. But most of the time we try to go out. We try to go have fun. We connect. We try to laugh and just enjoy each other's company and kind of stay in love, mm -hmm. right? Because if you just pass in the hallways through work and through school and you just, at the kids' school and sports, next thing you know, you're, you're at home late at night, you're watching a movie and then you go to bed and you feel, you start to feel disconnected from that person. And so I think we've done a great job of just staying connected okay. and, and uh, it's critical. I believe it's so critical. I'm all about, right, with Rise Up Kings and our guys, weekly date nights. It's a necessary thing for the men that are watching to step up and start planning out your date nights, right? Don't leave it up to your wife to plan everything. Plan out your date nights. Do something fun. Do something different and exciting, 
right? Go take a blanket out to the beach, to the park, to a picnic. And just get creative with what you can do. But that hour to two hours a week uh, is game-changing. And for a lot of couples, that's also the time where they get some intimacy, mm-hmm. you know? But so if you don't make time for that, uh, it will it will affect your marriage in a negative way. But if you do make time for it, it will help you to have a more intimate, more fun, more connected relationship with your wife and your spouse. So, yeah, we're all about date nights and, and not making kids, right? Brendan and Jeremiah, we love them tremendously. However, our relationship is first. Above, and they know that. Above, and they do know that. Yeah, they know mommy <laughs> and daddy's time is like, is that's the critical time. You can't mess with that. Yeah. yeah. No, they clearly, clearly know that like God is number one in our life. We're then number two in each other's life and mm-hmm. they come number three. And them knowing that they actually enjoy it. Like they joke about us kissing or hugging or whatever in front of each other, but they actually, I think they actually like deeply love it and it creates a lot of security for them, really. Mm-hmm. You mean uh, us uh, seeing a healthy relationship yes. or what we consider a healthy relationship, <laughs> right? We could have a totally dysfunctional relationship and really not even know it. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. I love you. You're the bomb. Um, so yeah, no, them seeing us, I think is, is critical because they see us, right? Kiss and just, just love on each other. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that from them seeing us outwardly affectionate with each other, that they'll be able to have that same relationship, mm-hmm. right? With their with their wives. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's my outcome. They will know that we were not roommates with each other, for sure, mm-hmm. 100%, right? I think that's one of the biggest things, like outside of them knowing who God is and their identity in Christ, like them knowing, being modeled what a healthy relationship looks like, where two people are actively trying to become the best version of themselves for each other mm-hmm. and that love each other deeply, I mean, what, I don't see any two more important things that we could be modeling to the kids. So just like you would plan out, if you're going to get, if you're going to work out, right, you're going to show up to the gym. If you're going to build your business, you're going to spend time in it. You're going to set meetings. You're going to set goals. Like there's certain things that if you don't do these things in each area of your life, then there's no way that it can grow. Well, in your marriage, if you're not going on date nights and getting alone with your spouse and creating fun in it, then how can that possibly grow? And in true Skylar form, a couple of years ago, we like upped it on another level and made rules around date nights. So, um, I like, didn't make the rules. You ended up making, <laughs> I suggested, I suggested some rules. Okay. We can agree to disagree on that one. Um, but, uh, we wanted to like make sure that date nights were actually something we both look forward to. So we both dress up for date nights. I used to wear Uggs. Like I lived in Uggs for the longest time in jeans. We and started so. doing date nights with sweatpants, which is all good, but sweatpants after a Should little I while. Do- Shut yeah. up. Yeah, right. Your sweatpants. What sweatpants? I didn't wear sweatpants. Your joggers. Oh, I did that a couple times. Um, so I, date, the Uggs are no longer allowed on date nights, but it's just so easy. I mean, when you have children and you have kids that like taking care of us and like women taking care of each other, taking care of themselves, sometimes just is easy to not be the priority, but you're important in that. And so you not only getting dressed up for your spouse, but getting dressed up for you so that you feel good. When I am have my makeup done, have my hair done and I'm dressed up, I feel good, right? And then I show up in a different way in our relationship. 100%. We're gonna go to the next one. And the last but not least, Killer mistake. Killer mistake. That couples make in marriage. Couples make in marriages <laughs> is not keeping God a priority or number one in the relationship. Mm. Yep. Not having God be that center source that you can come to, right? When you have arguments, when you're struggling, when you're fighting, 
or when you feel like giving up in the in that relationship, right? I feel um, it's interesting. I, I had a, I had some a conversation with somebody recently, and, I'm, and for people that don't right believe in the Bible mm-hmm. and that aren't uh, right aren't, or don't don't have that strong faith, right? Where do they get their morals from? Their moral compass and 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 the central place that they could always go back to when they're struggling, right? So, who says? cheating is bad or being mean to your spouse is not the right thing to do. Like the Bible says that, but if you don't have that, what do you have? And so now you have these two different people that are trying to be married and stay together, but they have, they have no central uh, moral standard, right? That they can live by and always turn back when one person says, Hey, actually you're, you're doing something that's out of alignment with the Bible or what we're supposed to be doing. Oh yeah, you know what? Okay, you're right. But it's like, well, for couples that don't have that, they don't. What do they go off of when one couple, when one person evolves and realizes, oh, I actually don't want to be married anymore. I actually like being free. Where do you go back to? And so, why is it important? Why do you feel it's important to have God as that primary structure in a relationship? Um, for me, I mean, just personally, it would be like forgiveness. I feel like me not having Christ modeled to me and me being forgiven through him forgiving me and me thinking about all the things I've done that I did not deserve forgiveness for, I've then been able to forgive others and forgive you. But if it wasn't for that, like, why not? Why wouldn't I just hold on to resentments and grudges and become bitter and disconnected and not trust? Like, I mean, that was my natural way that I would have been if it weren't for him. Like only as I've grown in knowing who God is and how what he's done for me, have I been able to try and show up like that for you. That's great. I love it. And for and, and one of the reasons I think it's important also is the just the way Jesus modeled loving people. Mm-hmm. Right? So I have an incredible model, right, of the way that I should treat you. Mm-hmm. Right? My... I'm not meant, right? Jesus wasn't dominating over people. Mm-hmm. He was serving them. He was showing up. He was showing up in a humble way to go serve. And so that's the way I see my relationship with you, right? My relationship is not, you know, my leadership position is not a domineering leadership position. It's a servant leadership position, right? I'm leading, I'm setting direction for the family, but I'm coming in and serving you and writing you love notes and loving on you and doing the best I can to build you up and to help you feel loved, mm. right? And so luckily we have that modeled. And without that modeled, I think people can get very confused on the way that they're, what, what their role actually looks like in the relationship and how they should be acting as a husband or a wife. But if you go back to Jesus and the way that he showed his love and the way that he showed up in the Bible, right? He was there to serve and there to love people, like period. So if we can do that in our marriage, mm-hmm. there's nothing... Um, I don't think there's anything more important than showing up as a servant to each other and showing up just with all of our heart to support each other. Mm-hmm. It's huge when you, as you're talking about, you just make me think about as we've gone through hard times, like if we didn't have God and I didn't have his strength to lean on and literally my prayers and him getting me through it, I don't know that I could have gotten through it. Like I would have rather just retreated and quit essentially. Like I would have just given up, but through having a relationship with God and through knowing that he's carrying me through and through um, knowing really what it's like to be divorced. Like when I went through a divorce, um, it was supposed to be easy. It was very amicable. We both knew we wanted to be divorced and it should have just been the easiest thing ever. 
but it was actually the hardest thing emotionally and spiritually that I've ever gone through. I feel like spiritually that I've ever gone through. And after that moment, like I knew God designed marriage. Like I knew that it was meant to be that when two people come together, they're supposed to stay together. So just knowing the power of God in our life has been huge even. Yep. It's uh, it's so critical. And so I'm glad we I'm glad we talk about that, right? And end it on that very specific, important, powerful yeah, point. He is the most important thing. He is the most important thing. Because if we didn't build our marriage on that, then we definitely wouldn't have as much What hope. would it be built on, right? What would the foundation be on? Mm-hmm. If it wasn't on God, I consider any, any relationship where their foundation isn't on God is very, uh, there is no foundation. There's no core foundation. People will wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm not interested in being married anymore. Bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. Bye. <laughs> exactly. I love it. She's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> um, you're, you're a beast, babe. I love you. Sexy beast. Um, all right. Well, I guess that is the end of our five points. I hope that you all enjoyed it. That was super fun, babe. Thank you so much for, for getting real and vulnerable. I didn't realize we'd go so, uh, so raw on it. Um, I'm grateful that we did, though, because we just want to be, I don't know, I think it's our our... Our reality is that we want to be transparent mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that fake this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if we can just be transparent with it, we may be able to support other couples that are struggling in their marriages and their lives, right? For Rise of Kings and their businesses, right? Or in their spirituality. So we want to be as vulnerable as we possibly can. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having more of these conversations with you and, and seeing where it goes. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Love you. Love you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in for more episodes, which come out every other week. Click the subscribe button to become a part of the Rise Up Kings tribe and check out the three-day experience at riseupkings.com.